You're listening to another great message from Northside Community Church. Come with me now to the final moments of his life. John chapter 19, verse 28. Later, knowing that all was now completed, and so that the scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked a sponge in it, put the sponge on a stalk of the hyssop plant and lifted it to Jesus' lips. When he had received the drink, Jesus said, It is finished. With that, he bowed his head and he gave up his spirit. All of humanity can be free, but Jesus has to die. And that was the epilogue that a bunch of young Jewish radicals stitched onto the end of their scriptures. And as a result, it exploded through the countryside. And today, millions of people gather to remember that horrendous event. People are free. People can be free. Uh, People are free. And yet I think we get our definitions wrong. This sense of freedom for the modern person in the Western world, the modern Western person says, I already am free. I live in a free country. I don't have any restrictions upon me. And so therefore, I'm free. And so in some sense, this message has lost its impact. But there's a problem. And the problem is that we're not as free as we think we are. We might have the external freedoms, but we don't have an internal freedom Freedom from this, you see, we are always being captured by or imprisoned by mini-verdicts, mini-judgments. Some of you are thinking, oh, here we go, here's that religious language that I knew I would get in church. Uh, But it happens all the time. Let me put it this way, you see it. What what causes that drivenness in you that makes you push and push and push and push? (laughs) Have you ever found yourself captured by that? incessant need to keep up with the Joneses. The person that's captured by the verdict of an unfair parent who has spoken words upon them years ago and it still hasn't left you. We're captured by many verdicts all the time. Look, I tell you, one person who got it was Taylor Swift. She she said that. She said, you know, they, they say that I stay out late, that... I have nothing in my brains. Well, that's at least what they say. But I've got this music in my head that says I'm going to be all right. You see, because the players are going to play, 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 play. <laughs> and the haters are going to hate, 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 hate. But baby, I'm going, to, I'm going to shake it off. I'm going to shake it off. I'm going to shake, shake, shake it off, right? <laughs> you should listen to Taylor. No, don't listen to Taylor <laughs> at Christmas. And here's why, look, if it was as easy as shaking off the mini-verdicts, there'd be no need for Easter. Because it's one thing to shake off the verdicts of teenagers and Twitter nuts. But what about the ultimate verdict? What about the ultimate verdict that the Bible says that as good as we are and as well-intentioned we are, we have all fallen short of the glory of God? Some of you again go, here's that religious language. And so I go, okay, okay, look, let, let me take you to a more mature songwriter then, someone that the mature seasoned ones would understand. Uh, let me take you to the writers of like uh, Don Henley and Bruce Hornsby. And they said, remember when the 
Days were long and they rolled beneath the deep blue sky. Never had a care in the world with mummy and daddy standing by. But then happily ever after fails and we've been poisoned by the fairy tales. And the lawyers dwell on small details since daddy had to fly. See, I know a place where we can go and wash away this sin. I sit and watch the clouds go by and the tall grass wave in the wind. You see, you can lay your head down on the ground and let your hair fall all around me. Offer up your best defence, but this is the end. This is the end of the innocence. Now, last time I checked, those guys weren't Christians. But they sensed this, that there is an ultimate verdict. That Whether you're a songwriter, a Christian or a non-Christian, I want to put to you this morning that you sense that something is not right with the world. That there are evils and injustices in the world that have fallen short from God's beautiful and precious design. And although we may not be explicitly involved in some of that injustice, we sense that deep within ourselves there is something complicit in what happens around us. There's an ultimate verdict that says humanity is guilty of going their own way and as a result it poisons everything we see. Which, by the way, is the greatest objection that most non-Christians have with Christianity. If God is so good, then why do bad things happen to good people? And I say, welcome to the message of Easter. Welcome to the message of Good Friday, where it wasn't just bad things happening to good people, it was the worst thing happening happening to the most perfect person. All of humanity can be free, but Jesus has to die. And here's why, because as the Americans say it post-World War II, freedom is never free. A guilty verdict, I'm not a lawyer, but a guilty verdict always comes with a cost. Imagine that your sister is wiped out by a criminal mercilessly. The criminal goes before the judge. He says, judge, I'm wrong. It's guilty. I'm incredibly sorry. And then you watch as the judge says, well, I can see you're sorry. Uh, Okay, well, then it doesn't matter. What would you do? You'd be outraged. You'd be be inconsolable. You you wouldn't be able to handle it. There's a a debt here, that an emotional debt I can't carry unless this is paid for. You see, the principle is whenever there is a wrong, whenever there is a guilty verdict, there is always a cost that needs to be paid. And criminally, in a custodial sentence, civilly, in damages. But someone's got to pay for the verdict. And you're never free from the verdict until it's been paid for. Look, it's true of relationships as well, is it not? Those times where you've either consciously or unconsciously hurt or betrayed someone that you dearly love. What happens to the relationship? It's not right. It's broken down. There's a debt that's been incurred. You're not free until that person decides to absorb the cost. You see, when there's a cost for the guilty verdict, the only way that you're free from that is if someone pays. Either either they pay, uh, they pay it down, they work out a way in order to bring back the damages, or you say, if you can't do it, I pay. Either they pay or you pay. They pay or you pay. Now, if it's true of the legal system and of relationships, is, is this making logical sense here? then would it not apply to, uh, to the relationship that we have with God? That, that in our own willfulness we have wandered from that and then people again saying, oh, I can't believe that you believe this whole wandered from God stuff and he's looking down upon us. Look, why would they write it? I know a place where we can go to wash away our sin. Why would they write it? 
They, they, we, we, we sense that something is not right with our relationship with God. And so we come back to John chapter 19. Later knowing all that was now completed and so that the scripture would be fulfilled. Knowing that all would be completed. Can you see what is happening here at the cross in the work of Jesus Christ? It's God saying, I'll pay. It's, it's saying this, this relationship has been messed up. This, this relationship has been wronged. There has been a debt incurred. And you lack the comprehension, but more importantly, you lack the capacity in and of yourself to do anything about this. Someone's got to pay. They pay or you pay. He says, I'll pay. I'll pay. And so what do we do with that this morning? What do we do with that this morning? The cross is wonderfully democratic. It applies whether you're a Christian or a non-Christian. It applies whether you're left-wing, right-wing. It applies whether you're a modernist. It applies whether you're still stuck in the Victorian era. Look, there is a thing here that we have got to deal with in humanity, and it's the verdict. And when we look to the cross, we see in the work of Jesus Christ, when he, he utters his last breath, he says, It is finished. It is done. It is paid. When you receive that by faith, you become more holy and more worthy and more beautiful and more acceptable and more complete in front of the only voice and the only verdict that ever need matter in your life. What are you going to do with that? <laughs> One Christian writer once said, Until I see how much it costs, I'll never know whether to shake Jesus' hand or to kiss his feet. What do you see this morning at the cross? There's going to be one or two ways that you can try and find freedom, that inner freedom this morning. You can do it the way that millions of people have been doing it for years. I call it pulling a Swifty. You can just try and shake it off. Shake, shake, shake it off. But look, the message, the message of Christianity is you're never going to shake it off. That feeling of the verdict is going to haunt you. The way that, that that feeling haunts you when you can't quite remember if you've locked the car or not in a bad neighbourhood. You're never going to shake it off. Or there is another way that you can deal with it. You can come to the cross. You can come to the place where you see the words of Jesus Christ and when it comes to the ultimate verdict saying it is finished and until you receive that and until you feed that, feel that and feed that into the very depths of your heart the smaller verdicts of your life are always going to be overshadowed by the bigger one it's done it's dusted and so I'm with Don and Bruce I, I, I do know a place that we can go that will wash away our sin it's the cross of Jesus Christ let's pray